lands and all subsequent social media lands. Welcome to the MCU's Bleeding Edge. How we doing everyone out there? So we are here live tonight, Wednesday, 9.10 p.m. Eastern Time, 6.10 Pacific Time, you know, our usual time, you know, there. And uh, we are here going to be discussing... Who cares? <laughs> Sorry. Who cares? Nobody's asking you, Sally. Anyways, so we are live. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, so we are live tonight, folks, and we're going to be discussing episode five of Hawkeye tonight. But before we get into the Hawkeye episode, we are actually going to be reviewing the second Batman trailer that came out. So those for you that or don't know, The Batman, which is the Robert Pattinson film uh, that is coming out next year. Uh, we are going to be doing a little watch of the first one trailer and then the second trailer that just came out, and we're going to give kind of a little bit of our opinion on it. So, of course, we have a great ensemble cast for us again today on our panel today. We, of course, have Sally, the MCU girl here with us, a returning and recurring uh, amazing panelist who we enjoy. She is known for the Sally MCU Girls podcast on Anchor, so definitely check her out on that. Uh, we also have Renee rejoining us, too, here from the Podcaster Champions. Great to have you, Renee. Thank you. We also are happy to have Vincent Vance Spock back with us, a great panel member, so thank you for coming in. And, of course, then I have my trusty sidekick and co-host, Mr. Jeff Sloboda, a.k.a. True Knowledge, who you can find also on all those amazing platforms from Pockets Champions, Rizzle, Twitter, TikTok, all that great stuff. So you can find <laughs> us there. Anyway, so we're going to get right into this. So, if Mr. Jeff, if you have those trailers ready, let's watch them, sir. Yes, and it's the second trailer, and the newest one is the third. All right. Really? Again? Oh, stop, Sal. You know you love it. Joker's attack Let's play a game. What's black and blue and dead all over? Yonona if you are justice, please do not lie. I'm here to unmask the truths about this city. You're part of this too. Who am I part of this? You'll see. 
the hell are you supposed to be? If this continues, it won't be long before you've nothing left. Who are you under there? What is the price for your blind eye? before you've nothing left. I don't care what happens to me. It's only gonna get worse for you. Whoa, take it easy, sweetheart. Hear everything they say, ain't you? Maybe we're not so different. Who are you under there? tell lies. Each day our forces grow stronger. Each day we move closer to our goal of driving the infidel... What are they? Nothing. Carry on. Uh, driving the infidels from our motherland. Uh, we are not afraid to... Die. Are they subtitles? <laughs> they, they are, aren't they? 
No. Well, what do I need subtitles for? Can't you understand what I'm saying? I studied English at the bloody American University in Cairo. Well, obviously, I can understand what you're saying. Oh, but you, you see how they condescend to us with their subtitles. Oh, maybe it's a teletext, you know, for the hearing impaired. Teletext? No, a lot of TVs come with teletext nowadays. Uh, wait, 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 say something again. My friend has an 80 Hey, how come he doesn't need subtitles? Well, obviously, he's comprehensible. No, and I'm not! Look, if you... I speak perfect English. She sells seashells by the seashore. Peter Piper, Peter Pecker, Pickle Pepper. Round the ragged locks, the rag. The situation remains as dangerous and volatile as ever here in northern Iraq. While the rebuilding continues. What? what? I can't understand you speak English. Oh, where is your subtitles now? Oh, you think you're so good. Look at me. Kerry Downs, Iraq. Shut up! <laughs> I'm guessing that last part wasn't part get of you, the trailer. You're going to laugh one of these days, Vincent. I'm telling you, I'm going to get you one of these days. <laughs> Maybe no, that was bit. not part of the trailer, Sally. That was not you know, you're telling me that's not going to be in Batman? No. No, unfortunately not. We tr- we asked them if we could put it in it, but they said no. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so welcome back, guys. So that was some interesting trailers there, especially that first one with the Chinese subtitles. That was really fun. Japanese. Uh, or Japanese. Uh, Asian language. Sorry, guys. Anyways, but yeah, that was uh, really fun and uh, interesting uh, videos there. More of Mr. Patterson, some more of the Riddler, more of, uh, you know, all the funness there and stuff in the Batman universe. <laughs> so let's just go and say, what did everyone ha- think about those trailers? Just give us like a little brief what you thought about them. If you have any pros or cons about it, just pretty simple stuff. Uh, starting with you, Renee. Um, I think the thing I like best about it is the Batmobile. I mean, I that they've gotten back to way of the retro look, which I really like. And that's a recognizable car, you know, like a charger or something that's been souped up and not some machine that was, you know, built like a Pentagon tank or something. So I like that. I like this, the feel of it. I like the atmosphere. Um, you know, who knows how it's going to turn out. It could be wonderful. It could be suck on eggs, but, um, but even so I'm, I'm optimistic about it. And of all the super, and as much as I love MCU and I'm totally into MCU, Batman is my superhero. That's number one for me. (laughs) Awesome. awesome. Uh, How about you, Vincent? What did you think? Uh, I've been saying this since the very first trailer has dropped for that. That movie is going to be amazing. Um, We're getting a lot of things in Batman, the Batman that we have not seen in any other Batman incarnation. He's going to be a detective. The Riddler is actually going to make riddles that have to do with the crimes that he is committing. It looks dark and gritty, and he just beats the hell out of people. The brutality is amazing. I love it. So there's a lot of things that are going to make that Batman movie amazing. The only thing that might bring it down is Robert Pattinson. So I'm a little bit worried about that, but so far, I'm like, I think he can do it. Yeah, I mean, that was one thing I always was saying when they first said that they were casting him as Batman. 
I personally, it was like, eh, I don't know. Because I don't think he's anything special. I mean, I've seen quite a few of his movies. I've said this in previous, you know, live streams and stuff like that. I've seen him in things that, you know, were considered, you know, his most excellent performances. And I didn't see anything big and, ex you know, exciting as a lot of people are finding. So I'm a little skeptical about him, just like you were saying. Uh, but at the same time, from what the trailers are bringing out, I mean, it looks like it's going to be action-packed. It looks like it's going to be a lot of great detective work, like you're saying. Uh, I mean, there's gonna be a lot of it, there's a lot of good eccentricities to this film. It looks like. I mean, and the fact that they got Paul Dano as playing the Riddler, and then also, uh, you know, the Penguin being played by Colin Farrell. That that right there had me pulled in right there at the beginning. So I'm really looking forward to checking it out just for those guys. Uh, how about you, Sally? What did you think about the trailers? Well, I'm already bored of Batman trailers, Jeff. But um, <laughs> I uh, I also think Robert Pattinson looks badass. He looks very cool. Honestly, I say this all the time. Robert Pattinson is actually the perfect Batman, and it's because he played Batman in Twilight. I don't. I don't recall Batman sparkling in the sun. No, no, no. Here, let let me explain. He go ahead. So you know how Batman terrifies those by like looming behind them and like scaring them and like caging them in and controlling their minds and shit. Um that's how Edward courts Bella in Twilight. He Okay. It's a horror movie. It's terrifying. Okay. That's how okay. I see Twilight. Yeah, it's pretty okay. scary. <laughs> <laughs> scary, all right. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> thank you, Sally. Thank you for that uh, that Batman analogy from Twilight. Uh, how about you, Jeff? Well, uh, that uh, that first trailer or whatever, the unmasking of Riddler didn't do anything for me. But um, basically, you know, kind of jumping off of what Vincent said, um, I just absolutely love like the the brutality, uh, you know, like that's two different separate scenes where he's stopping a guy, you know what I mean, like straight up, and then in the one scene, mm -hmm. he's beating the guy so bad that like Catwoman steps back, and like James Gordon steps back, and all the cops step back and everything and whatnot because it's like Wait, so James brutal. Gordon. Yeah, James Gordon. Jeffrey Wright plays James Gordon in, in this movie. Oh, I thought you meant someone else. Sorry. No, James Gordon. You know, Commissioner Gordon. Come on. Yeah, now. I know Commissioner Gordon, Gordon, but I... Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought Jeff said. <laughs> Carp, carpool karaoke guy in Batman. Yeah, so anyways, I uh, I like the uh, I like the, the hardcore like uh, graphic violence um... I like the, um, I like the, um, I like the, the, the music in the, tra in that one trailer is great. Um, the music is, is excellent. I haven't really heard anybody say anything about that, but I think the music is great. Um, yeah, I the love the way it it's very like, it's almost like, um, 
it's almost like marauding in a way. Like it's almost um, you know, like it's 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 got like an edge to it, you know, like a dark edge. Um, you know, so um basically I think that it's gonna boil down to how I, I think Pattinson is gonna do a great job. I don't think that's there's any question of that. The question's gonna be how well the villains are played out by Paul Dano and Colin Farrell and um you know, and the other actors that are going to be playing the different villains, that's going to be, I think, going to be like really a bigger deal with the film as far as how well it, it comes off as a whole piece, as a whole film. Um, I think that uh, Matt Reeves looks like, look like, looks like he's doing a really great job. Um, my expectation would be that since the movie is still like six or seven months away, we'll probably get another trailer sometime between now and then. Um, and although I don't know how much more they could really, what's that cyber? It's four months away, sir. It's March. Oh, is it four months? Hey, you know yeah. what? That's even Early better December. than March. Yeah. March? I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if we'll get another trailer between now and then. Um, I'm sure we will. I like, uh, I don't know. I don't know how she's going to do in the movie, but I like, uh, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. I think she looks good at least. Um, you know how well she'll actually portray Catwoman. We don't know. Um, but again, I'm all in for it, man. I really am. I'm telling you right now, like, uh, I'm, um, I'm just as pumped to see the Batman, if not more pumped to see the Batman than I am to go see Spider-Man tomorrow night. <laughs> what? I disagree with that entirely, but that's just me. Same. Look, man, I love the Batman, man. I do. I love the Batman too, but like, no, I think- I think that the, I think that the um, I think that the Christian Bale Batman films are of such high quality that they stand up with any of the MCU films. I think that one I of fell them asleep is watching The Dark Knight like really recently. Except for Avengers, watching Endgame, it ten years later, I fell except asleep. Except for Endgame and, and Infinity War and Captain America: Civil War and Winter Soldier and First yeah. Avenger. Anyways, so great. Thank you for that Batman trailer roundup, folks. Let's move on to our main event, folks. So now we're going to talk about Hawkeye episode five, which is happens to be called Ronin. That's right, Ronin, people. So we get a little bit more, you know, Ronin vibes, and we actually get Hawkeye again back in his Ronin outfit in this episode, too, which is really cool. But to start us off, this episode was packed with stuff i mean i can't wait to talk about the ending uh so please do not refer to somebody in this episode until the very end please we're going to talk about them at the very end anyway so to start us off we have kind of a prelude to the episode with yelena aka natasha's sister another black widow so this right here this this little scene here really kind of, you know, anybody with that thinking that Natasha was replaced with her sister, this totally blows that away. And we can see that, yes, no, no, Yelena did blip. So we do get that big scene at the beginning. It shows her she's on some sort of trying to help the other Black Widows. And she comes across somebody that she knew and she seemed to not be under the spell and she's making money and they're like how are you able to do this she goes to the bathroom and all of a sudden she, we see her do the 
you know, in uh, Infinity War thing, and then all of a sudden come right back, like, within seconds from the blip. So, what were your guys' thoughts on that particular scene? Like, did that, like, reassure you about certain things? Did that, uh, like, were you super excited to see that it showed that she blipped and so forth? So, starting with uh, Renee, please. Yeah, um, I had mentioned, talked about a little bit last week about how I want to see more of what went on with folks during the blip. I mean, you know, movies being what they are, you don't want to see the highlights of the story, but being able to, with the TV shows to get down more to the people level, to what they were going through, and, and we see it with the LARPers. Um, so when you see um, Yelena blip, as it were, and then come back within just a few seconds, that kind of gives us an idea of how, when a person does come back, how disoriented they are and how everything has changed. And um, Yelena may, how this has affected her personally, I think that's hadn't been explored yet. But, you know, as I said, there's not going to be one person on the planet or in the universe, I guess, since it was all through the universe, that was not affected by that event, just just dramatically. So I would, if it were me, if I were living in this, I would be constantly living in a state of anxiety that any minute, either we're going to get another alien invasion or we're going to get another blip. And, you know, so, and I want to see that anxiety level being played out uh, more in the movies. So, yeah, the the cold opening, I think, really worked because it gets us back to um, who Yelena is and what her mission is because... I had even kind of forgotten a little bit about it. You know, they mentioned uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and I'd totally forgotten she's been introduced in several of the TV shows. So, yeah, I'm, uh, the opening worked for me. Awesome. Thank you. So moving on to Sally, what were your thoughts about that beginning scene? I cried at the um, at the blip and shit, and then... I um I was telling Jeff through text like this is worse than WandaVision for me. I am emotionally attached to Yelena Belova. Like I want to see this play out. Yeah. Okay. Anything she's else? She's a really good character. I think she's going to and, and fill up the shoes of um Scarjo, uh, the, the actress herself. I think she's She's going to fill that role real well. Yeah. Um, anything else? Um, I didn't take notes because I thought Jeff was going to be moderating. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I genuinely like how how well done her character was. Like you know how in the movie Black Widow, she's like, "It's a power pose. You're a total poser." I don't know if anybody noticed, but she did the power pose at some point, which <laughs> made me cry again. Okay. Yeah. How, how about you? Was oh, that me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry, you cut out for just a second. Uh, I loved seeing it, the whole thing, the blip, like from erasing all the way back to reforming in that second because that's something we haven't seen in any of the movies or the TV shows so far is seeing the whole thing all the way through from the perspective of somebody that blipped. 
We've seen the characters that have survived. We've seen the characters that did blip, like we watched them blip. And then we've seen one character reform along with some like randos in the background um, with Monica Rambeau. But we've never seen somebody just go the whole thing and seeing it in that one second. Uh, that was really powerful to me to just watch all of a sudden the whole room changes too around her because that's what would have happened. Like as she reformed, everything would have been different. And so that was amazing to see for the first time a character disappear and then reappear in the same second for her, but five years later for us. Totally agree. Totally agree. I think that was a very, you know, interesting scene just for that fact that, like you were saying, we got to see the whole blip happen from, you know, disappearing to reappearing. So, I mean, that was really interesting to see because you basically, it was literally kind of like, it was like milliseconds. It's like, you know, it wasn't even seemed like, you know, they actually blipped it just like, like they disappeared for a second and then reappeared. It was like really interesting. And that was fun that they actually decided to put that in. To give us that glimpse. Well, Cyber, All right. Cyber, I actually know of a woman who knows a lot about um, the blip. After Lisa Guerrero decided to test whether an apparent psychic actually had abilities or if she was just a scammer, safe to say it got pretty embarrassing. One of the first things I do in a case, Lisa, is I always make sure people know that if I feel the person is living or not. And so you'll always know yes. when you talk to a family member, when you start a case, you'll know if this person is dead yes. or alive. And that's the point, is that Every I... time. Yes. But apparently her psychic abilities didn't see this coming. Lori, I'm gonna show you something. Okay. Okay. Yes. Does this girl look familiar to yes, you? Yes, she does. I worked this case. This little girl is me. And you told somebody that she's dead. Wait a minute. You didn't disappear? I'm right here. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? How do you explain being completely wrong? I can't wrong? explain it. I can't explain it. You're charging them hundreds of okay. dollars. You know what, dear? Hundreds of dollars. Done. You're taking advantage of okay. desperate people with a bunch of hocus okay. pocus, aren't you? No. I'm not. I think we'll go. Thank you. It's been an interesting experience. You all have. What okay. the fuck was that? Cyber, you're blurry. I know. <laughs> I see that. <laughs> Come on. Refocus, camera. Jeff, what the fuck? I love that, man. There when we that, go. When that chick was like, and you didn't disappear, I'm like, are you kidding me, man? Come on now. Yeah, that's <laughs> well. Since since you're showing your thingies there, how about you give us your take on that scene, sir? I thought it was a really, really um, interesting way to start off the episode. Um, I thought that it was total fan service, like up the wazoo. I mean, um, everybody obviously in the fandom wants to see more Yelena Belova. Like we all do, you know, we all want more Yelena Belova. And yes, to see, please. Or to see, you know, what, um, you know, either with their, either with their clothes on or off. Right, Sally? Like it, it's all yes. good either way. Um, but, um, but no, um, to start, I mean, it, I know it's Hawkeye show, but to start off this episode where 
there's this, there's this really big expectation that this is going to be a massive episode. There's going to be a lot of really important stuff going on. And then to start it off with a premise where it's all basically focused on Yelena. Um, and, and then even before she even actually like, uh, like starts talking to Kate Bishop and everything and whatnot, they do that whole sequence with her reviving, you know, uh, one of her, one of the other black widows or whatever. Um, then, then she gets blipped. Then she comes back. Um, it was very reminiscent to WandaVision and Monica Rambeau. And when they did the whole scene with Monica Rambeau being blipped and everything, very reminiscent uh, to that for me. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I, I like that connection like that. I, I do. Um, I hope they do more stuff like that. I'd like to see other characters sh- that they show, show them getting blipped and stuff like that and whatnot. I think it's neat. Um, you know, but, uh, either way, um, I thought that, are we going all the way to like when she's talking to Kate Bishop? No, not yet. Okay. All right. That's We're all, just talking about that. First, just that first segment, just that intro. It's a, it was just really good backstory to, to fill the gaps in for Yelena and tell us what she's been doing for the last five years. Cause we didn't really know whether she got blipped or not. Correct. Correct. Yeah, so that's great. Yeah, so I mean, that whole, like I said, that whole situation was, a, like you were saying, a fan service most definitely, and I think it was a really good introduction. Then, of course, the episode goes in and it gives us kind of a backstory of what the last four episodes of Hawkeye were, and then all of a sudden we go to Kate going home and talking to her mother, and basically her stating to her that she feels that uh, her boyfriend, her fiancé, she thinks is up to crooked doings and that is a bad guy to you know check into it they have their little conversation and and what's her name kind of uh vera formiga's character her mom just kind of you could you could just see there's things turning in her head and you know that you know there's something uh, evil about her that there's something that she's not telling you and so they have that conversation and then it goes on and then Kate decides to go back to her flat to get her stuff, you know, because her mom asked her, please come home. She goes there, and that's when all of a sudden she comes across Yelena again. We get more Florence Pugh. So with that scene, that whole interaction, that whole scene there, just that section, what were your guys' thoughts on that whole interaction between Yelena and Kate? Uh, starting with you, Jeff. Thank you for going back to me. I appreciate that, Cyber, um, because I did want to – I really wanted to get into that. Um so basically, it's like I said in the last review, it was very obvious to me that um, Yelena being the, the, the experienced Black Widow, the more experienced warrior, the more experienced um, person with combat and, you know, and whatnot, um, she definitely took it easy on Kate Bishop when they fought a little bit the other night. Um, you, could just, you could just see the way that she was treating her in their conversation. Like she can tell that Kate is like an amateur, you know? Um, And I kind of felt like it was just kind of more, you know, really cool time for us to like kind of spend with Yelena. You know what I mean? Like the exchange between her and Kate Bishop was really cool. Um, It's really, it's really interesting watching Kate Bishop grow throughout the series from episode to episode to episode, I really feel like she's showing like real growth, like 
every episode. Um, like she's coming, she's coming with more. Like she's getting more serious. She's maturing, you know. Um, her game's tighter. You know what I mean? Like, you know, she's more on point. Um, and I feel like um, you know, that conversation really alluded to the fact that you know, Kate really cares deeply for Clint. You know what I mean? Like, um, and so, you know, beyond that, um, I just thought it was fun. I just thought it was, it was interesting to watch, but I didn't really read anything big out of it. All right. Well, <clears throat> definitely. De- I mean, I, I think there was a lot of great meaning to that scene. I think there was a lot of great, like, just great conversation between the two. And then I think the macaroni cheese thing was hilarious. I think that was absolutely hilarious. That they just like, you have macaroni cheese. It's the best, you know, and that was just freaking hilarious. I, I liked the whole, the, and then her and the hot sauce and the, that was freaking <laughs> hilarious. But just the whole scene and all, I think was a very interesting scene. And you could see Kate was thinking, she was like thinking, Oh, how do I outsmart her? How do I keep this, you know, you know, a level playing field? And you could see that through their conversation that Kate was very specific on what she would say and what she would do because she knew Yelena, that's what her expertise was. And I think that was a really great indication of what kind of character Kate Bishop is. So moving on, how about you, Renee? What did you think about that scene? Um, yeah, the whole scene starting where, she, where Kate walks in back into her mother's apartment and they're arresting um, Jack. To me, that seemed just a little too pat. It was too, it had a staged look to it. So I don't, I'm not sure if this is something else that's surreptitious that's going on with Eleanor and Jack and everything that she's she's involved with. Um, <clears throat> kind of like when last week when they set up Hawkeye making off with the sword, it was just too easy, you know, just too easy. So something's up with that. But yeah, going back to... Um, uh, Kate, her maturity, you sort of see it when she, she still got some of the kids, some of the little girl in because she, it, it, Hawkeye's blowing her off. She goes home and sobs on her mother's shoulder and, oh, my baby, and, you know, it's going to be okay. So we sort of get back a little bit to her, her childhood immaturity. But then, like, as, as um, Cyber mentioned, she, she gets resolute and she decides, no, she's going to, she's going to back up Hawkeye. She, she knows he's in trouble. She's wanting to find out herself what's going on with her mom and everything. So, yeah, I thought it was really well played, that part. And then, of course, when Yelena and uh, Kate are alone in Kate's apartment, then she's – I think she sees um, uh, Kate maybe in the same way that um, Black Widow would have treated her, would have treated Yelena when she was younger. So she's sort of saying, well, here's somebody who has great potential – and I need to keep my eye on her. So, yeah, the whole scene, I think, played out real well. Um, suspenseful. We're keeping us guessing and everything. So, like I say, first two scenes so far I've enjoyed. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, moving on to Sally, what did you think about that scene? Um, well, for starters, Yelena uses way too much hot sauce. But yeah, manipulating like um manipulating her with like yummy mac and cheese and like just this um 
sort of calm, like, almost parent-like demeanor or, like, sisterly demeanor. And then, like, saying, I'm here to kill him, stuff like that. Um, And, like, my sister saved the world. He didn't. Um, All that... um, all that sisterly facade sort of fades and um the uh the real mission that Yelena has sort of comes out and um her emotions sort of get the best of her I think and um I think that's how um how Kate outsmarted her um by saying Hawkeye's a hero um and that Hawkeye saved the world and um and um <laughs> the um the what I lost my turn of thought. Thanks, Jeff and Cyber. Sally, Sally, you saw you got some balls in your mouth or something, man. <laughs> you see it, right? Yeah, I see it. We see it, yeah. <laughs> so your thoughts on the was that your thoughts on the scene? Um what was yeah, that was my thoughts. My thoughts were like she was acting like, you know, I'm like a mother or a sister or something and then Kate outsmarted her by making her um reveal her emotions. And what I was going to say, I just remembered was Black Widows learn emotional manipulation like the minute they are put in the red room. And if I if you don't mind me jumping in cyber, Sally said something that I thought was important that I forgot and that's the fact that Yelena saying that her sister saved the world, like as in like she individually, like her efforts saved the world, like on her own or whatever. I really wonder, like who who told her that? You know what I'm saying? Like was that from Vale? Like was that from the media? Like I, it makes you wonder, like what what was the public told about how Natasha died? True, very yeah. true. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I, that whole scene when she's like still trying to, you know, she's still thinking that Clint is so evil and so bad from whatever she was told about Clint and, you know, the, her saying that about that her sister saved the world and stuff like that. I was just kind of laughing going, uh, you don't know the whole story, huh? So, uh, cyber, if you think about it, the, the Avengers are so popular in their universe, like in their reality and everything, you know, with, with like, with regular people, uh, Mm, they're like celebrities. And so at that point, uh, Black Widow being so popular, um, her death w- would have to be explained. Like, people would want to know how she died. She died a hero's death is what she died. Yeah, so. Well, I, I, I guess that's what the public was told. They might not have necessarily told the public the whole story. I mean, they would have said, yeah, this, they went on this mission and they did X, but we can't tell you what they did. We can't tell you they time traveled all over the place and no, no, screwed up the. Universe. I don't even think the public knows about that though. Yeah, like the yeah, public wouldn't know. The Avengers know. would. That's Renee's point. Is that that that? No, I agree with you, Renee. 
they they wouldn't tell the public the full story and whatnot. Obviously, people do know that Thanos attacked uh, the Avengers headquarters, though. You know what I mean? And Tony Stark, uh, you know, like uh, snapped and everything and whatnot, and got rid of Thanos and like his army and whatnot. Very true. Yep. And to round this out, how about you, Vincent? What was your thoughts on that scene? Well, I agree with Renee about the Jack being arrested scene being too quick. And there's definitely something going on there. And it it almost seemed like an afterthought. Um, Like, why have it be that quick and have Jack just be totally, you know, whatever. This is fine. I don't care. Um, But not really go too deep into that. I guess I get that they're playing off of the fact that um, the Kingpin. Well, oh my God, I'm sorry. Uh, Uh, Yeah, I didn't say that. Just forget I said anything. That the boss... Um, is in charge and the boss probably has connections in the police and um, yeah, that whole situation. But as far as the Elena Belova and Kate Bishop scene goes, I think that was masterfully done. I loved that scene from start to finish. Uh, You see that scene a lot in mafia movies and in um, different types of things where they're trying to intimidate uh, the main character in one way or another, or maybe the main character is doing the intimidating themselves, but also like, yeah, just, you know, let's be friends. Let's talk. Let's, this is cool. You know, we're going to have macaroni and cheese together. It's great. And I think that um, Florence Pugh, and I don't remember the name of the woman that plays Kate Bishop, but they did that scene very, very well, especially Florence Pugh. Um, her, she was just so nonchalant about it but she did it in a way that you're like, this is still a killer. This is a trained assassin that is sitting in front of me, who we just got in a fight with in the previous episode. And, um, you know, she's sitting here. She could kill me at any point. So, uh, yeah, you know, she's trying to be all buddy-buddy with me, but she could still kill me. So that whole um, suspense, that suspense was just great in that scene, so... Vincent, did you say something about the kingpin? No, no, no. I, I said something about the head pin. Uh, you know, the, the the pin at the front of the ten pins of bowling. Oh, the head pin. That's, that's what oh. I meant. The kingpin. Okay. Yeah, that's what I said. So going back to what to Mr. Vincent was saying, um, Jeff in the comments here, Jeff Bowen, Bowman, he said uh, he had a great couple things he said about that whole Eleanor uh, Kate Bishop when she first comes home scene and about Jack's arrest. Uh, it was all planned. And I agree with him. I think that was all staged for Kate's benefit. I think that Eleanor had it look like he was being arrested so that Kate was taken off his tail because her and Eleanor are actually working together. So I want to just bring that point And that's a great point there, Jeff. Thanks for saying that in the comments. And then he just popped back up saying, it wouldn't be surprising to me if the arrest was fake and still say Eleanor is sinister. So he just basically said what I just said. So uh, good job. What's that working on your end, Jeff? He's not getting the vomit. I've got no no comment section. I went to go to it just now and, and Restream made me sign in and I don't see anything there. Oh, yeah, I'm seeing them all pop up on the side here. That's cool. Well, then you, I mean, that's fine. You can just take care of it then. But like I said, I just want to let you know I can't see anything. So, okay. 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 I can. 
Anyways, so thanks, Jeff, uh, for that in the comments, and uh, that's a really good point. So moving on with the episode, so we have that whole we have that whole scene with Elena and and Kate, and then after that we have Kate kind of go on a voicemail rage with Clint's phone. We have that great scene where she keeps talking to him several times and like answer your phone. And it's absolutely hilarious. I think that's a great scene and her leaving those messages and stuff. And it kind of moves on. And then all of a sudden we see Clint and he's basically uh, shows him outside uh, at the memorial for what happened in New York in the first Avengers film. And we see that awesome plaque and it shows all the different Avengers names. And so my question for you guys is, what were your thoughts when you saw that plaque? Was it, did it move you at all? Did you go, oh my God, I... I remember that from the movie or anything like that. Like, did you think that was a good addition to the film? And basically Clint talking to it saying, oh, I, Natasha, I wish you were here so I could talk to you and, you know, confide in you and stuff like that. Like they used. To. So what were your thoughts on that scene when Clint goes to that memorial? Uh, starting with you, Renee. Yeah, it was very poignant. Um, almost like a spiritual moment where he's. He's not praying to God or anything. I don't, he's just speaking to himself basically, but you know, he's so be it. He says that they're whatever, let the chips fall where they may as it were. And he's going to end it all, whatever the end is. We don't really know what the end is right now. However, he's going to end it. So yeah, I, I really like that scene. All right. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, how about you, Sally? When I tell you I let out the world's biggest, most anguished just cry when I saw those names on the plaque, I screamed and my mom came running. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it got me. Right in here. Right Anything in the heart. Um... When Clint was talking to Natasha, I was thinking, like, please just, just kill me now. Just end it all. Because nothing, nothing would make me happier than to just, to just see them happy together. Just see Natasha again, please. Just have him see her again. And not in a hallucination. That would... That would make me so happy. I'll tell you what, Fantasy. Sally. Sally, if you, if you can come up with, with 40, 40 or $50 million, I'm sure you can probably <laughs> convince ScarJo to come back so that, so that she can hug uh, Clint. Again. Yes, please. I'm not going to be able to do that within the next couple of years, but yes. <laughs> They'll probably be indentured by the time I can do that. All right. Has anybody else seen that video? Apparently not. Anyway, so thank you, Sally. That was great. Uh, and moving on to you, Vincent, sir. How much? What were your thoughts on that scene? Well, uh, when he first started talking to the plaque, I was like, "Why is he talking to a plaque as if that's Natasha? Why isn't he talking to her grave or something?" And then I'm like, "Well, that's really not any different because her literal body is not there. Her body is still on Vormir, as far as I know, and." So how else is he going to talk to her? I guess he could talk to the sky and it would be just the same as talking to a plaque or her actual like grave or whatever. Cause her, she's not there anymore. Um, 
But there is one thing about this particular part of the show that I want to talk about that's not necessarily about the plaque. I don't know if anybody else has noticed this, but in the trailers for Spider-Man No Way Home, there's Rogers the Musical billboards now, just like the Rogers the Musical billboards in Hawkeye. And in this, at one point, uh, I think it was actually in the last scene when Yelena Belova was talking to uh, Kate Bishop, she mentioned going to the new and improved Statue of Liberty and what happens to be being changed in Spider-Man No Way Home, the Statue of Liberty. They're changing it, they're adding Captain America's shield, and for some reason they removed all of the green oxidation from it. So that's amazing. It's really interesting that in this episode, they happen to make reference to something that is happening in Spider-Man No Way Home, which comes out tomorrow at midnight. I see. Mm. So that establishes that Spider-Man is going to have to take in place a little bit in the future from what we're seeing now. Yeah. Yeah. Which was, is not surprising if you think about it, because... If you if you think about it, like how far from home left off, you would think that they would want to continue right after that happened. So I have a feeling that it's going to be a little bit prior to Hawkeye and that Hawkeye is going to overlap. Because I do believe in No Way Home, I've seen things that say that it's supposed to be happening during Christmas too as well. So I, I read something that had the timeline on it. And Far From Home ended summer of 2023 three or 25 somewhere in there um and hawkeye takes place christmas of that same year and so if they're continuing no way home immediately after far from home it should be like the summer months right before hawkeye exactly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so that's i think that's what it's supposed to be happening that's what i've seen thank you for that information uh vincent that was a Great uh, little info for us and little cookie for us to follow and crumble. Anyways, how about you, Jeff? Uh, any thoughts on that scene, sir? I mean, nothing really beyond what everybody else has already covered. I mean, everybody already pretty much like nailed it. Um, I just felt like, uh, you know, uh, uh, a, a, a sense of um, it being very moving for, 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 um, Clint to be, you know, like talking to Natasha, like from beyond the grave and whatnot and everything, you know, like I found that to be very touching and like deep. And it really shows like the vulnerability level that like Clint's at and um, that he's still at, you know, even after, I mean, you got to think about it, right? Like um, he loses his family, right? To the blip, right? They come back. Okay. After he spent like years as Ronan, just like mercilessly killing people left and right and everything and whatnot, right? And Criminals. so, even though his family came back, it's only been a couple months after Endgame, and he's probably still dealing with a lot of like intense emotions and like trauma just at the fact yeah. that he got his family back. Like, think about it. I mean, that event of, of having your family come back after five years that could be very unsettling, you know? So I think from that perspective, it's interesting that like he still reaches out to Natasha the way that, that, um, that, um, he does, uh, it's, it, and it's, it's touching and, um, 
you know, um, I think that um, I was really hoping and looking forward to there being some like really cool shit that was going to happen with Hawkeye's wife, like some more interesting stuff with her and the watch and like all that and everything, but nothing else happened. So that's it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. So after, after he basically that scene there that we were just talking about with the plaque, we see uh, him talking to his wife, Linda Cardellini, who makes an appearance again, which is really awesome. And the watch is mentioned in that scene, make, saying that it would pinpoint them to his family. So we have found out about the watch in this episode, which I just wanted to point that out. I think that was interesting that it, it actually did lead because apparently they didn't say it in the episode, but I'm assuming that that watch has to do something with ex-Shield people. And that his wife used to be a part of Shield at some point. So I that, they don't say that particularly, but that is what the watch is referring to a little bit. And so as the that goes on, they have that conversation, basically him saying that he's gonna finish it and that he, he's still dealing with it and stuff like that. And you know, she's like, I'm not gonna tell you what to do, but you know, I'm fine with it, blah blah blah. And you know, he goes on and basically has that's what it brings us to this echo battle. So we uh, once again see the uh, what is it? Red jumps uh, the uh, tracksuit Russian, mafia. Yeah, tracksuit mafia. Tracksuit mafia. And uh, all of a sudden they start being taken out, and then we see Echo, and then there's a giant battle that ensues with AKA Ronan. So my question for you guys is, what did you think about that scene with Echo and you know Clint as Ronan? Uh, and that whole conversation they had that he's like speaking to her and she's reading his lips and basically telling her that somebody that we haven't mentioned yet, mentioned yet, Vincent, uh, is, is, tr- was trying to kill, was having her father killed. So what were you guys' thoughts on that scene? Uh, let's start with you, Sally. So the one thing that confused me. Her cousin slash interpreter slash friend, she was, he, so Clint took him out, and then he, he and Echo fought, and then, um, shit, I, I might be spoiling a later scene. Never mind, never mind, skip me. Well, he doesn't take him out in that scene. Oh, he doesn't kill him, but he does knock him out. Yeah, he he knocks him out. That's what I meant. Not. Uh, yeah, that's fine. That's in that same scene. Yeah. Um. Why weren't you there? Stuff like that. That might have been the next scene. I'm not sure. It's that's all in the same scene. Oh, okay. So, um, makes me think that her interpreter cousin friend person was important in the whole vengeance thing that echo is doing okay so he he could have been like pulling some strings in the background yeah okay that's right but what did you what what did you think about the fighting and everything in their car and clit and echo's we lost our live there for just a second. So, 
uh, basically, um, so basically what I thought was the scene that came after that was the real scene that I want to talk about. Yeah, we'll talk about that in just a second. Is that all that you have for that yeah. scene? Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, wait. So, I, do, I do have this. Why, why, why are these people cursing at you? My friend, they have nothing better to do. Listen, man. You. I can't hear you. Good evening. Good evening. Your mother. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening. Good evening. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Uh-huh. I swear these people in New York City. Good evening. You suck. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Apparently you do too. Good evening. Can I get a second reading? Honey, you don't call her asking for stuff like that. This is not a bodega. What is that? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to help you. This is not a bodega. Don't call uh let me get a psychic energy reading. This is not a bodega, honey. Good evening. Hello. Hello, honey. Yes. Hello. Honey, get on off my phone here. Good evening. Okay. Where do you find these clips, man? I don't know where he finds them. You don't even want to know. Yeah, I don't want to know. Anyways. <clears throat> So, to round out this Hawkeye Episode 5 episode, uh, review, guys, we're going to talk about the ultimate showcase at the very end of this wonderful episode. And that, of course, is a wonderful character that has been speculated about. Are we going to see him? Are we going to get any sort of you know confirmation that he's a part of this universe? All that kind of good stuff. And what do we get, finally? And we get that at the very end of the episode. So, after... While they're having that conversation in the car, like we were just talking about, Kate gets messages from Yelena. And what does she get but a picture that displays none other than Kingpin. Oh, my God. So it is officially confirmed Kingpin is a part of this universe. We officially got confirmation of him. We see a picture of Kate's mom with Kingpin, which is even crazier. Uh, so once again, I think Jeff, Mr. Jeff Bowman in the comments. Yes, I think we know Elnor is evil. And what a way to end the episode. Wow. I was I was blown away. I was so happy to see that we got this glimpse, this image. I'm so glad Vincent D'Onofrio was back as Kingpin because they were saying he was going to be it. You know, they were saying yes, they were saying no, they were saying all this kind of stuff, keeping you confused, and yet, finally, we got confirmation now. And even in the end credits, it says his name, that he is Kingpin. So, it is official. Vincent D'Onofrio is our Kingpin. So, my question to you guys, to finish this great episode off, which I thought was an overall great episode, what were your thoughts of that final reveal of Kingpin? And also, what did you think about Eleanor being spotted with him? Uh, starting with you, Jeff. Well, I mean, I don't want to say I um um I don't you know like of course I did I did mention last episode that I did think that uh, Kate Bishop's mom was a bad guy and that she was going to end up being one of the villains, if not the villain of the show. But I didn't know she was going to be working for Kingpin. But it makes sense. 
when you think about it. She's a huge major security firm. Like, that's what she does. She runs a security firm. It would make sense that she would be tangled up with Kingpin in some way. Um, mm-hmm. And um, so, but it was nice validation. Um you know, not that not not that I was not that I was the only person out there that knew that we were going to get Kingpin at some point. Um, but of course, it was it boiled down to how we were going to get him. Were we going to get like a physical Kingpin, like live action, like talking and stuff? You know, like interacting. Um, you know, were we going to get just like one of his underlings or something like that? But we actually got um, two pieces of really you know important information um, that that were pretty new. One that that um Kate Bishop's mom obviously works with the Kingpin or for the Kingpin. Three things. Two, uh Hawkeye as Ronin had run-ins with the Kingpin, has connections with the Kingpin, has a history with the Kingpin. And then three, if I understand it correctly, um it was Kate Bishop's mom that paid for the hit on Hawkeye with Yelena Belova. So how that works out, I have no idea. I don't know how to put that together, Um, but it was really interesting. It really was. I mean, it was impactful as hell, and I can't wait for episode six. Totally agree. Can't wait for episode six. Uh, After me and my wife watched it, she was like, She's like, I got to wait a week to find out what happens? What? So, yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. I can't wait for episode six, too. Uh, and Vincent, what were your thoughts, sir? I don't know if I've mentioned this on this show yet or not, but I love Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin. Yes. I think he is absolutely phenomenal as that character. He is so intimidating and menacing. And from the moment he severed that dude's head in the car door in the first season of Daredevil, I'm like, I want this guy as Kingpin forever. That seems so good. So good. And so bringing him into the MCU is probably the greatest thing that they could have done for the city of New York characters such as Spider-Man and Hawkeye and anybody else that they're bringing into it. Um, And then I also saw an interview recently with Kevin Feige where he said, if they bring Daredevil into the MCU, which it's basically an inevitability at this point, they are bringing Charlie Cox as well. And so it's almost guaranteed that Charlie Cox will be in something MCU related in the near future. Whether or not that's Spider-Man No Way Home, we don't know. But maybe. Maybe. Um, But regardless, Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin, Charlie Cox's Daredevil, they are going to be in the MCU. Kingpin is now officially in it as of that little photo on the cell phone at the end of the episode. And I cannot be more excited for it. Well, in the uh, last week's episode... Um, we, me and Jeff were talking, there was a article that officially stated that Charlie Cox officially is in the MCU, that he yeah. has been greenlit and that he is actually going to be in the She-Hulk series oh, cool. as a lawyer, uh, because, nice. because of what's her name's character is also a lawyer. So he pops up there. 
Mm-hmm. And then with the whole Kingpin thing, that, that just, they were like, well, we got to bring Charlie Cox in as Daredevil. We just need that. Um, mm-hmm. I, just like you were saying with the No Way Home, I've heard yes and I've heard no. I don't know exactly, but I'm thinking maybe he might. Who You never know. Um, it could be a small little cameo, but I definitely foresee soon, very soon, we'll be seeing Charlie Cox in something to officially yeah. a, put him in. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, that scene, I just, like I said before, I thought it was amazing. I was so happy to actually get to see him. I mean, because there's so many references to him. I mean, even earlier in the episode, when Hawkeye's talking to, you know, his wife on the phone, he says, the big guy. And who else would he be referring to the big guy? I mean, yeah, maybe Thanos a little bit. You know, some I'm, I don't know anybody calling Thanos the big guy, but I mean, he is a big considered guy. So, but the reference of the big guy, that to me just says Kingpin. So, I mean, yeah. it, it was, I feel it was inevitable, especially with Echo getting her own series very shortly too as well that, and she's a big part of the comic book history of Echo. So, uh, you know, it just seemed like this was a logical thing for, you know, Marvel to do. Let's bring in Kingpin. And why change a great Kingpin? Like you just said, that scene in the first season of Daredevil where he smashes that guy's head off in that car door solidified him as an amazing Kingpin. How about, so, when, yeah. he, how about when he fights Punisher in the prison? Yeah, that's they a great fight. scene, too. That was sick. What season is that in? That's, I Eight. think that's... I think that's in three. You haven't seen uh, that yet, Cyber. No. I have not. I'm looking forward to seeing that, though. That'll be awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, great. So, that concludes this episode review of Hawkeye, guys. We want to thank you all for watching. Uh, of course, you know, if you enjoy our content, please, you know, go by our YouTube channel, our webpage, check it out, check out our awesome other content. Um, you know, we appreciate you all for uh, watching, listening on this live stream live, if you like. Uh, also, we appreciate you guys uh, watching it afterwards. Uh, goodbye, Vincent. Uh, you can find Vincent Spock on, on a few different platforms and stuff like that. Um, of course, we want to thank the GNN Network, of course, for be- letting us be a part of them. If you guys check us on there as well, if you find us, we appreciate it. You can find... Uh, me and Jeff on Rizzle. You can find us on TikTok, you know, all that different stuff. If you like our content in here, definitely check out any of our solo work. I do solo stuff on YouTube as well under Cybernetic Shark. Uh, definitely check out the Podcast of Champion, guys. We love podcasts. They have a lot of great people on there from Lord Deathman to, you know, Arch. They're all great people. They uh, are on SakaarFreeform.net. You can talk to them about anything. They do things from MCU to Star Wars to Mortal Kombat. Anything you like to talk about, they're, they're happy to talk about. So definitely check that out too, people. And uh, to wrap us up, we'll throw it right to Mr. True Knowledge here. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I just wanted to go ahead and take a moment to shout out Geek News Now Network. We are now a happy and proud member of Geek News Now. Um, and, uh, we are very happy to be able to bring in people from GNN, um, as guests on our shows. It's been great. Um, we've had some really, uh, great interactions with, with people from GNN. Um, and we look forward to, uh, continuing to make content through GNN. Um, we also, um, have been a part of, um, the, uh, Minds of Creativity Network for a while lately, 
and um, they're starting to gear up right now. So um, hopefully we're going to be a, a big part of their plans over there. And I just want to shout out to um, to Jay and Nate over there real quick. And uh, shout out to Damon and David over at GNN. Um, but um, everybody, you always, always can follow our podcast on any of the podcast directories. We are on all of them. Um, you know, if, if, if you find one that we're not on it, please let me know and I'll get us on it. But, um, you know, we're out there. Our podcast is everywhere. Please follow us. Uh, you know, please sub the YouTube channel. And we appreciate all of the subs and everybody who has subbed us so far. Um, we're really, really proud of where we're at with our numbers and everything like that. We couldn't be happier. And we're very thankful to everybody out there who supports us. Very true. Very true. Thank you for that, Jeff. And uh, like I said, we want to thank everyone for watching. And we'll catch you next week, sir, for the finale of the amazing Hawkeye series. Can't wait to finish it off. And uh, look forward to talking to you next week. So, peace. Peace. It's going down. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be